Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, coming in from Six Pack Discussions, we got Cody and Jared here. Um, we are drinking Papago Cherry Blossom. Uh, black cherry and wheat beer. Um, it is actually an Arizona favorite, I think, or at least Papago, the brewery is. Um, I've had another one of their beers, Jared. The orange up one, the, right? Yeah, the orange one. Jared picked these up today. Never seen them, never heard about them. I'm kind of excited to try them out uh, just because, of course, you know, Papago is kind of a, a uniquely Arizona, you could yeah, say. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So what are you talking about today, Jared? <sighs> Man, uh, we're going to be talking about something that happens way too damn often. School shootings. School shootings. I was telling Jared before we got started, you know, this is one of the rare times where we even converse because we both had almost a similar message to each other where we, we as soon as we walked in, we both kind of wanted to say to each other, this was a really hard week to research. Yeah, this this was by far, and, and guys, in full transparency here, we very rarely, if ever, will talk about opinions, we'll talk about takes, anything prior to recording, um, just to ensure that, you know, we're actually getting our natural response and emotion, et cetera, right? But as soon as we sat down in our chairs today, we're like, man, that that was hard to research. You, you didn't want to go down any rabbit holes. Yeah, it felt, oh, man, I it, even wrote down here, I said this was probably one of the darkest and most upsetting research sessions that I've been through, where when you're just reading stat after stat and... And the sad thing is that you're just reading numbers, but behind every one of those numbers, you know that there's a, a child, a family, uh, grieving parents. And it just is one of those like heart wrenching, uh, just, I don't think anybody can recognize how much it probably hurts or it does hurt. I should say every one of those parents because you, you just can't you can't you can't put yourself in their shoes. I, I think it's one of those, um, you know. There's there's different types of death, and this is probably one of the worst ones because it's so random. It's such an act of evil, and that was something that I told Jared right before he started. I think you know we've talked about different types of episodes that you know involve death, of course. You know whether it's overdosing with drugs and things like that, but this is such a random act of evil that it, it leaves a a mark that is just dark. I don't know how else to say it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think you I think you summarized it beautifully there, man. It's it's really heart-wrenching whenever you just picture sending your little boy or your little girl to school and they don't come home because of some evil person. Yeah, and, and that's something that I think we're going to get through the whole time <clears throat> here is there's just evil here. This is just there is badness um that I think we're going to talk about, you know, what, what are the solutions to curb some of this evil, um, you know, to mitigate. Unfortunately, I think the world is one of those places where we, we live in a place that there's always going to be some evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we live in a much better place than probably we did, you know, people 300, 500, 2000 years ago. There's probably less evil out there just because we hold each other a little bit more to a higher bar. But unfortunately, there's probably always going to be some evil out there. You agree, Jared? I, I mean, yes, of course, we can talk about this idealistic, utopian type society. But yeah. realistically, there are bad people out there. Yeah. They're outliers, 
right? Both good and bad outliers. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's get through a couple of maybe some stats, and, and I don't know if we, these go with you, but one thing I wanted to kind of delineate in these shootings, because there's there's different types of shootings, and so you guys probably hear, you know, there's been... 32 or 58 or 105 school shootings for the year or last year. Um, you know, I think at first at face value, when you hear that number, you think of like a mass shooting of kids. Um, I, I, that's what I kind of thought of. And, and when I actually looked into it and this, these are from every town USA, which is a, I think it's the nonprofit that was started from the Sandy hook, Mm -hmm. um, group. Um, so based on their website, uh, about 52 or 50, let's just say rounded up here, it looks like 52.7. So 53% of the uh, shootings on school grounds are actually like homicides or assault homicides, which means that they are essentially like mostly gang violence. So if you think of like gang violence occurring like in the parking lot of a school, like one of the kids is in a gang, uh, another kid is in a gang, and of course one of them probably has a firearm of some sort. So of, I would say a majority, and I don't know if you could say vast majority, but a majority of the school shootings are actually like gang violence or, or homicides from one student to another. I didn't actually kind of even, when you first talk about school shootings, I guess that didn't come to like the front of my vision, but that's actually the most common. Did you think that? <clears throat> No, no, I didn't think that. No, yeah. no, because of course, those aren't the clickbaity ones. Those aren't the ones that are going to you know make the front page of the various news sources, right? It's it's like the one one kid that dies because of gang violence. It, that's not exactly. Um, it's sad to say, it's not like a newsworthy story, uh, dude. Headline. I, I'm glad you had the balls to say it. I bit my tongue just now. I wasn't going to say that. Yeah, but unfortunately, that I'm not saying that it should be the norm, but unfortunately, it is it is it the norm. It is. No, right. we could definitely say like newsworthy, meaning like I, I think I, I would say it's newsworthy. Like I don't want to hear about gang violence occurring on, on schools. No. But I think what happens is because it's so common, um, the outliers are the ones that receive the headline news. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next the next most common uh, is kind of, it looked like it was kind of tied up um, between mass shootings and suicide. And so uh, mass shooting is when there's usually, I think it's more than four. Is that the definition you got? That's what I got. Yeah. A mass shooting is defined as four or greater. Yeah. Yeah. So four or more at a school, uh, 19% of the school shootings that occur on campuses and then the deaths, suicide death. Uh, So this is somebody actually killing themselves. So bringing a gun to school, a student and actually killing themselves on the campus. You know, I think by far and away, don't get me wrong. This is this is not a fun, exactly rack and stack list, but that's got to be the worst. Whenever you literally go on a shooting rampage and you kill yourself, like you woke up that day knowing you were going to kill yourself, and you decided to just bring innocent people along with you. Oh, so I actually took this. Perhaps that number is in there, but I was actually taking this as uh, kids that just took a gun to school and then shot themselves and did not have any bystanders shot as well. Huh, I didn't come across that one. I, I came across the stat that it was very similar, but they were shooting other people and they killed themselves before the cops did. No, no, that does happen. Hmm. Um, but I guess, but, but I'm guessing they're in the same category, uh, of course, right? Because they are, essentially, they are still it's, it's still a suicide. Yeah. But I'm sure there are also some kids that <clears throat> kill themselves at school. Yeah. Which 
is also very sad. Um, I would say that's not as sad though by uh, compared to the mass shooting because of course there's more death. Um, but still, so the mass shootings I think is something that we're going to focus on the most because these are the outlier events um, that I think also are the most prevalent. I think the the, the situation that we want to fix the, the most. Would you agree, Jared? hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that these are happening at almost a exponential growth, right? Did, did you come across the number of how many shootings there have been since 1970? Um, I think it was like 2,300 and something. <laughs> yeah, 2,032. Okay. Is how many have been since 1970. However, in the last 10 years, and I use San, uh, 10 years as, unfortunately, Sandy Hook was 10 years ago. Okay. That's hard to believe. Almost 1,948 have happened in the last 10 years. Since the 70s, 2,000, of which almost 1,000 have happened in the last 10 years. Yeah, and I guess what I look at that is I, I now that I know, I actually thought all of those were mass shootings, right? I, I, that's how I took those stats originally. I think a lot of times that's how mm-hmm. they're kind of stated. But a vast majority, and we just looked at them, are just like the gang violence type of shootings, which I just don't know how you fix that. That seems like such a home and community challenge and it just carries over into the local school um because it's on school grounds and it's probably like in the parking lot i just don't know how i'm not trying to fix i don't know if we can fix that i I don't want to i don't want to change the the podcast topic there but i don't think that's what this topic is about those ones the gang violence yeah yeah which is a majority of those 2032 shootings um but of the the mass ones this is where you know four five ten Hell, 20, 30, I think 30 kids is the most on a school shooting. Did you see that one? Virginia Tech is still the the highest. That Virginia Tech one, man. 33 deaths in Virginia. Um, just absolutely crazy. And, and you're right, he did commit suicide too, so he's one of those people. Um, you have the Connecticut 28 students. This is, these are the, the highest, um, I guess, impact on the community's uh, list here. You have the, the Sandy Hook Elementary, which is 28 students. I think it's an elementary school, which is just, I don't know why, but it makes it even sadder for me. Just young kids, just so innocent. So n- nothing to do. Like there's nothing that they're doing wrong and they can't have done wrong. You have the Uvade shooting, which is the most recent. Uvalde. Uvalde, yeah. I'm sorry. Uvalde, yeah. 22 students. Um, I've never heard of this one. I don't know if you remember this one. University of Texas tower shooting. No. Yeah, 18. This is from 1966. No, I haven't heard about that. That's really, that's a long time ago, right? 1966. Um, And then Parkland, Florida, 17 students. Uh, And then the last one is Columbine. This is the... Probably one of the more famous ones. Yeah, 1999, uh, 15 students. So just want to give everybody kind of an idea of the scope here. Those were six of the largest impacts um, from school shootings. Just so much unnecessary death here for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible. But you know, you know what's probably not talked about and not really researched about? But let's say you're not one of those 15 students from Columbine. Let's say you're not one of those 33 students at Virginia Tech, but let's say you're in in, in the classroom. You know, what do you think that does to your psyche? I mean, living through Trauma. something like that. You know, it's funny. I saw a uh, recent article. I think it was from Jerry News, actually, this last week. 
and I talked to my wife about it because it just didn't feel right in my mind. But it was very similar. I guess there was a girl in Belgium, and she was at an airport uh, during a terrorist attack. Not injured uh, or anything. She was, I think, 18 at the time at the airport. <clears throat> and she just killed herself. Or kind of, yeah, she killed herself, I should say. Um, but she did it via uh, assisted suicide, which means that she went and got like a prescription from her doctor because that's legal in Belgium. Um, she got a prescription from her doctor, showed up at the clinic, and they pretty much just gas you, right? And you just die, right? Uh, which is called assisted suicide. And, and she did it based on the trauma that was induced from the the uh, the terrorist attack at the airport. And me and my wife had a conversation about it, and we said, hey, is is at 23 years old, I think she was when she did this, Do you think that was should be even an option on the table compared to getting through it? And because and, and, she just made so many people, she just induced trauma to so many people around her. Imagine her father. Imagine her mother. Imagine her sisters. Yeah, I mean, I think I think suicide's probably one of the more selfish things you can do. But selfish. Yeah, is that what I said? Self, selfless. I just wanted to make I sure. I said selfless? I don't know. I, oh, I, I meant make selfish. Sure. I know. Yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure. So here's where I'm at. So had had you and I had this conversation on or off air, whatever, a couple weeks ago, any amount of time before I started doing research, I don't know whose who's side was was on, you know, you or Anna as far as, you know, what what if that's right, if that's wrong, whatever. But I probably would have been like, man, that's wrong. I can't believe that. That, 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 should, ne- that should never be allowed. Oh, I got it. That should never be endorsed. This yeah. is a suicide. You know, there's, there's plenty of other options out there. There's people you can talk to. There's community, et cetera, right? But then I started going down this research rabbit hole, unfortunately. This of sounds the, bad. Of the trauma stuff? This sounds bad, but I'm glad. Oh, man. Guys, it's not that I'm glad. But given the spectrum that I'm about to talk about, I'm glad that she just took her own life rather than getting so down, so depressed, and actually going on some type of shooting spree. Oh, interesting. And taking other people's lives. So there are just certain times where it's almost like the point of no return to where you are so down, so out, that these people, I'm not necessarily saying I agree with this. However, if you do feel like I am at the point of no return, I am at rock bottom, I can't get up. While I don't necessarily agree with it, I would much rather you just take your own life than go on a mass shooting spree. And ruin hundreds of other lives, right? Because it's not just the kids. No, it's the parents, parents. it's the aunts, uncles, grandparents, exactly. brothers, sisters. You're ruining hundreds of other lives because of your internal trauma that you can't so, deal with properly. So did that sound bad? I, I, no, I, I'm no. not endorsing suicide here. No. I wanted to be clear. Yeah. But given the spectrum, unfortunately, with the research that I've been doing, a lot of these kids are just... They're so down. They're so discouraged. They're they're bullied. They're made fun of. You're saying eight. We have two horrible options. Yes, I'm trying yeah. to pick. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the lesser horrible. <clears throat> I think right now is is National Suicide Prevention Month as well. Just so you know, so it, it is coming off. I get why you're trying to be a hundred percent transparent on this. I don't think we're trying to endorse it. 
But to Jared's point, you have two evil options. You have two bad options. And if you were going to rank them, one is less worse than the other. I mean, I think that's irrefutable. 100%. You are going to harm one life versus, uh, you know, 30 innocent elementary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, getting back to the shooter. So here's something kind of interesting. I, and we're talking about trauma a little bit. So I think the Secret Service, somehow they're involved a little bit on this. I guess they are really good at collecting data. They started doing some research and they, um, you know, like serial killers have like a uh, track record pedigree almost. Yeah. You know how like they have kind of like, what, what do they call Indicating them? factors almost? Yes. Indicators? That's exactly what they call it here. Pre- uh, Predicting uh, factors. Risk and protective factors that influence youth violence. So they, they've accumulated these things. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's a lot here, but I think this is really great for, especially any of our listeners that are parents and they look at their children and they wonder, hey, do is my child at risk for doing any of these type of horrific things? Um, you know, individuals, risk factors. So this is just based on like kind of individual um, characteristics. Are they impulsive? Do you see a uh, history of substance abuses? Uh, are they antisocial? Uh, weak in school achievement? Uh, a lot of peer conflict? Uh, prior history of arrest? Unsupervised access to firearms, perhaps? Um, high depression, anxiety, chronic stress, and trauma. Um, relationships with family members, uh, parental conflict and violence, poor parental attachment and lack of appropriate supervision, use of harsh or inconsistent discipline. Uh, community-wise, high levels of crime and gang activity, uh, high levels of unemployment, high levels of drug use and sales, a lot of poverty, poor economic growth and stability, um, density of alcohol-related businesses, so you look at all those things and you're like, okay, that sounds like kind of a cocktail for uh, a mass murder or, or, or a childhood that's going to possibly create somebody that has low emotional capacity, mm-hmm. right? Somebody that could do things that are horrific. Here are the protective factors. You know, these are self-explanatory, I think. Development of healthy social problem-solving emotional regulation skills. Duh. School readiness and academic achievement. <clears throat> Duh. So as an individual, if you can do those two things, you're probably not going to be on the list. Um, relationships, uh, consistent developmental appropriate you know, limits at home, stable connections to school and school personnel, stable housing and household financial security, economic opportunities, uh, access to services and social support. It's really kind of a black and white almost issue. Like it's such a When they when they write they write this stuff up and I and I feel I know they have to write it down of course but I feel like these are kind of self explanatory almost. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you didn't say anything right there that's like, oh my gosh, I would have never thought of that. Yeah, like duh, right? <clears throat> and I'm sure there was multiple analysts on this, but I wonder how expensive that study was. Exactly, that was, that was their conclusion. Oh. And they're like, well, yeah, we kind of assumed that they're probably going to have some trauma in their background. Well, we probably assumed that they're going to have prior history of exposure to violence or abuse. Like, when you look at all these things, you're like, well, it kind of makes sense. And I think that's just human nature. Like, we know that bad creates more bad and good creates more good. Well, you know, it's funny that you're talking about that's human nature. One thing that's also human nature is is we try to rationalize everything. Mm. Right. We, we, we try to, you know, look for patterns, look for comparisons, look for past data points. Right. How do you rationalize irrational thoughts and actions? 
in these mass shooters because there are a million people out there that fit the category of, you know, impoverished and bullied and all this stuff. But yet, and I'm not just saying just, but there are only 2,000 mass shootings, but yet there are millions of people that fit every single one of those metrics. Not 2,000 mass shootings, 2,000 school shootings. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification there. But do you see what I'm saying? So cool that you guys created a list of 10, 10 leading indicators, factors, whatever the hell they were called. But that's still rationalizing irrational actions and thoughts. A hundred percent. Because you know what? You're right. So many students fit into that bubble. And so many of them are going to make it out. So many of them are never going to act on any of their bad impulses. And and this is something that I always get in. I've gotten into an argument with some people about this. And I always think of a movie, and we'll talk about the beer here in a second, Minority Report. Yep. Have you ever watched the movie? It's Tom Cruise, sci-fi movie. I've heard of it. I've heard it's great, but I have not watched it now. You and Brittany should watch it. It's it's an early 2000s sci-fi movie. And the basis of it for our listeners, you know, if you haven't watched it like Jared, is uh, he works for uh, a local police department. Uh, like, imagine like New York City, big police department. And they have these clairvoyants. I think that's the proper terminology. Uh, that can see into the future up to 24 hours. And what they do is, is they the, the clairvoyants are essentially kind of like hooked into the city and they are visualizing all of the possible homicides that people are going to do. And what they do is, is they provide a minority report every single day, that's what I think they call it, to the officers to go make arrest prior to the homicide. Okay. So the entire idea here is that at one point, Tom Cruise, who's one of the police officers... Goes like this. There's a lot of things that can happen between the point of the criminal activity, the homicide, and when that minority report comes out. A lot of things can change. A lot of people have frustrated feelings. A lot of people have aggression, things like that, towards their spouses, towards their siblings, towards whoever. And a lot of times things cool off, to your point. A lot of things can happen in between when you have that initial reaction and when you actually decide to act on them. And he decides to not arrest somebody. And what happens? That person does not make the homicide. And he's like, oh my gosh, the clairvoyants are not always right. So we've been arresting and putting people into prison for thousands. I think they like cryo-freeze them or something like that, I think, in the movie. They like freeze them for like a 100-year sentence. And they never, and a vast majority would never have actually done the actual activity. Wow. So here's the issue is when you start making these rules for like red flag, red flag laws or things like that for students that may or may not be bad. Slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Real slippery. And that's where I always go to minority. Sorry for giving you that. Man, little side I, there. That actually sounds Dude, fantastic. It's, it's, and it's, of course, Tom Cruise. Good movie. You know, he's always like, yeah, I would say he's above average always. Big, big Top Gun guy. <laughs> uh, beer man. You yeah. picked it out. So quickly introduce mm. it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So as Cody said, this is a. Uh, Papago's Cherry Blossom. I would say this is probably the lesser known Papago, right? Because it's usually always the orange. I've actually never seen the Cherry Blossom. Yeah. At a, in a bar. But it's kind of fun. It's like uniquely Arizona. I don't I don't know if that's in reference to Cherry Blossom or Papago, but I wouldn't yeah. say that Arizona is uniquely known for Cherry Blossom. That's more like a Jap- Japan or DC thing. Yeah. 
Um, anyways, let's see. So cherry Papago, I'm sorry, Papago cherry blossom inspired by one of Arizona's favorite beers, Papago orange blossom. Our cherry blossom is slightly sweet and smooth with a rich cherry taste and balanced mouth feel. Um, and the can, I would say would be kind of a, uh, how about like a, uh, not a totem, but like kind of a, a, a push towards maybe native American or Arizona native American culture. I can see that. I think it kind of has kind of some of the similarities of some cultural looks. Did you know that this has only been around since 2013? Uh, Papago? Yeah. I would say it's fairly new. I didn't know it was that new, though. That's cool. Well, I would say, like, you know, craft brew culture has probably only been around for probably 15 years almost, if you think about it. Like, we lucked out for where we turned Right 21. when we turned 21. Like, right. craft brew, brewing well, dude, was just barely getting up Well, there. you know where I turned 21 at? Oh, yeah. Colorado. I know. Which was, dude, you can't throw a rock without hitting a microbrew yeah. there. So I love this beer. This is a great beer. Dude, I think this is solid. I think this is solid for one territory all day long. I think this is great. Because I'm not a fan of their orange one, actually. This is a 4.5. Four, 4.5. Five. Four, five. I think this is a fantastic beer. I'm drinking and I'm like, I could drink this all day. Now, long. have you ever had Papago's orange? Yeah, I don't like it that much. I think it's, I actually. Funny enough, whenever in Britain and I, we don't go to movies often, but they have a really shitty beer selection at movies, and I always get their orange papago, and it's always like, ah, damn, it's the best of the selection. Yeah, I- This I is great. This is really good. Yeah. I'm surprised that me, me, me and you both like this, because this is a, I would say this is a unique tasting beer. Now, I'm curious. I could see this, you know, unique or, yeah. or polarizing, yeah. I think is an even more fair word to say, because I could see someone being like, you guys are- you guys know what you're talking about. You're like, this is not a beer. Yeah. Because I think it has a little bit of a fruity taste to it. I like it. Uh, it's a 5% ABV. I don't think Jared mentioned that. No, I did not. Overall, guys, if you uh, have access to Papago Cherry Blossom, I'd go say grab a six-pack. Oh, hell yeah. Split it with a buddy. Absolutely. Talk about some stuff. <laughs> yeah, talk about how to fix some stuff, right? Um, <sighs> All right, man. So... I want to see if there's anything else in here I wanted to hit on. What did you think about... Did you come across the stat... And this actually made me mad because I think this actually just goes to the, I don't know if it's superficial, surface level, um, sheltered. I, I, I don't know what word I want to put to this stat, but I came across a stat, 93%, 93% of all school shootings, someone else knew about it prior to it happening. Like they told a buddy, mm-hmm. 93%. I saw that too. What kind of limp ass person? You tell me, Jared, I'm so I'm so freaking mad right now. I'm going to go. I'm going to intervene. I'm going to be like, Cody, let's grab a beer. Let's talk. Let's do something. If it comes to shove, man, I'm sorry. If you were truly that irate and you were hell-bent on going to bash a high school, I will call the cops on you. Now, remember, most of these shooters are school age or the immediate year after school age. So, like, they're 18, 19, 17, yep. maybe. So... You're not grabbing a beer because that's not really possible, really. But I'm grabbing the juice. I, I know. know. Yeah. But <clears throat> get her put yourself in your, your your dude. You're 30 years old now. Yep. You're mature. Yep. I know we we say 18 year olds are mature, but we know now we are not. And so one thing I I was thinking the exact same thing when I read the stat. I was like, I went the same way. But then I found another stat, which I don't know if it was FBI or or the Secret Service, but they said they did a survey of high school age students and how many of them would report another student if they told them that they were going to uh, 
bring a gun sh- to shoot it up. What do you think the percentage was? I don't know what percentage. Because you're thinking that say, you are in the, just so you know, the minority. I'm going to say. Or, mm, not really, actually. You're in the majority slightly. Well, you just gave, I gave you softball. Yeah. 55%. 48, I believe okay. it was. So 48% said that they would tell an adult. Okay. So you're in the majority just barely, right? Saying that you would actually intervene. Now, that's you at 30 years old, of course. But here's the interface. And they said, well, who would you tell was the next question. Right? And it was like 70% of them, or I don't know, 70%. I think it was like 60-something percent said they would tell a teacher. 20% said they would tell their parents. 7% would tell a coach. You know, it's funny. Before you even said coach, I'm trying to put myself in Jared 16, 17, 18. I would definitely would have told my coach. So that's the least, that's the least likely which makes me think that, you know what, if it was another athlete, you may say, hey, man, that's not a good idea. Let's just go to practice. Like, you wouldn't want to get another athlete possibly in trouble for something it's that they just said. And- or, yeah, exactly. And so I'm just wondering, when you say this, I'm just, I'm not trying to rationalize it. I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of a 17 or 18-year-old. Well, also, thinks- you know, how many times have you said, you know, because I would say you, you have a decent temper. You know, at times, whenever yeah. someone wrongs you or pisses you off, like, I would say you get pretty, yeah, as do I, I mean, clearly. Yeah. Um, I was like, bro, we're in the same shoes. Oh, now. I'm not I'm not trying to say, oh, <laughs> holier than thou. Um, I'm like, you better just put my shoe on because you're walking in it for sure. <laughs> no, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is, like, how many times have you said, especially 16, 17, oh, oh I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really what you mean is, like, you want to fight him. Yeah. But you're using the terminology as a... Like a hyperbole in Uh that way, yeah. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, when you said that stat... I wonder if that counts. I think it's a little different. And you know what? There's actually a law that we're going to talk about a little bit in Florida that they passed. And it actually has very distinctive language that they use because they wanted to make sure that that situation would not occur. Good. Because, you know what? Unfortunately, I think that kind of language gets used... Like, uh, highly likely in aggressive testosterone-filled situations, right? Like, even if you're going to... Like, I bet you many locker rooms... I was just going to say, I've said that in every freaking football field, on the man, every quarterback I wanted to kill, right? Yeah, and like, even mascots. Like, if it was a bear versus a lion, bear versus a husky, we're going to kill the huskies. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's just kind of a... Unfortunately, that terminology has been... It's just prevalent in the kind of a wartime type of effort. Um, Go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to finish the the law. Yeah. So I was going to talk about Florida. So Florida, they had pretty recent Parkland shooting. I don't know if you remember the Parkland shooting. I think it was like 2018. That is the honestly huge loss of life. I think it's like 18 or 17. I think I had the actual number here, but really put, kind of gun laws, 17, 17 students killed, 17 students injured. Um, just absolutely ridiculous. It was at Majority Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, he pleaded guilty to murder. Uh, right now, I believe that person that did it is, I think the jury is wanting to give him life in prison instead of pr- pr- giving him the death sentence. So right now there's kind of a little bit of a uh, recent news on that. But with that shooting specifically, there was actually a couple of laws that were passed immediately, like within the year 
by Florida legislator, legislate, legislate. Yeah. They, uh, one of the things that they said is, Hey, we're going to require that every single school have a police officer armed guard on each camp, every single campus, mm-hmm. elementary, middle school, high school. If you have a school and students, you are going to have an armed guard of presence at every single school required. That happened overnight, pretty much, and every single school now has an armed guard. They required, they they advocated for, and they uh, now have a budget of additional security that they uh, like uh, lock locking doors, additional fencing, things like that, and so additional physical what they call physical barriers were added to every single school to reduce the ability for potential mass shooters to get access to students. Um, they also, to your last point. Um, created a zero policy uh, for written down threats of violence or gun violence. So you see written down is a key term. Yep. Because that's a little bit more intentional, a little bit more deliberate than just... Like there's a plan of action. You know, like, hey... Premeditated aspect I, of it. I'm going to write down that I plan to shoot Jared kind of thing. And that right there becomes a threat. Police arrest you. I don't care if they're 11, 12, 18, they will arrest you, process you, and then uh, you will have a felony. What do you about that? So two things. One, I still see a problem with that because of text messages. Because again, I could easily see myself texting, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. Yeah. So text message, because I think that's writing it down. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, And two... It's really funny because as I was researching this, I was actually talking to my wife and uh, prior to luxury residential, she was actually designing schools. So she's actually pretty well versed in school security for unfortunately this, this very same thing. reason. So we're talking a little bit and do you remember the episode that we did? Like, shoot, I want to say this was 20 ago as far as the increase in, um, like uh, violence or, you know, escalations whenever you're talking about militarizing the police in schools. Oh, yeah. So that's what's kind of conflicting here because that seems like the no-brainer. Like, duh, like, why wouldn't we? There's school shootings. Let's put an armed guard and let's, you know, make them walk through metal detectors and everything. But you automatically almost, like, get put on a heightened awareness. Right? So you're saying that if you have an armed guard there is more likely going to be a school shooting? Well, no, what I'm saying is that, you know, in that episode, didn't we disclose as far as the unnecessary escalations? What if we were talking about, you know, uh, Woody, for example, back at our high school, right? I see what you're Shit saying. Shit just got escalated unnecessarily. So yes, you may alleviate school shootings, but now you're just putting... 16 and 17 year old kids in freaking handcuffs for cutting class. It's funny. So the mom that they were interviewing, this is vice, uh, give everybody an idea, which is a more, I think, uh, liberal leaning, uh, news agency. They were interviewing the Senator that passed the law. Uh, and then also the mom that had an 11 year old that wrote down that they had a plan to shoot uh, another student. And then also, uh, stated in the middle of the classroom that to their teacher that they're going to bomb, them so the sheriff's department showed up arrested the 11 year old kid put him in the back seat took him down to the precinct processed him just like he's a criminal 
And and that's exactly what you're stating. Is there an escalation here that is not necessary for an 11-year-old child? And <clears throat> I feel for the mother. I feel for the 11-year-old. But also, the sheriff said this. My other option is I could have actually thrown him in the, my front seat of my truck, drove him to the Parkland parents, and went and told him to apologize and make those type of statements in a classroom because they actually do have an impact. And and when he said that, I was thinking, you're you're kind of not giving a an option here. Like, wh- what what is a guy supposed to do there? Like, are you are you supposed to <clears throat> react to the threat or not? So, what do you got? This is this is a stretch. So so give me a little bit of leniency, but I think I'm gonna try to bring it home because okay. I I want I want a number out of you. This is my goal is I want a number out of you. Okay. And the question is, before I get into my little spiel, at what age does someone, should someone become accountable for their words, for their, you know, writing down, for, the, for their journal, if you will? Okay, so that's the question. So I want to give a... Uh, An oh, age. Yep. Uh, I'm expecting a number. So is it 11? Is it 10? Is it 3? Right? And the reason why I want to push back on it is because, okay, so uh, for Father's Day this past June... Um, one of my buddies, his son was in preschool and then this fun little event that they made for all the dads or whatever. And it was, you know, what is your name? What is your dad's name? And you know, what does he do? What's your favorite thing about him? All this stuff, right? All these little fun questions. And, uh, anyways, so my buddy who happens to be in, in sales, his three-year-old thinks that his job is to make breakfast. Um, (laughs) My buddy, you know, he's up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym. According to his three-year-old son, he wakes up at 4 p.m. Because he doesn't, he doesn't freaking know, right? So, you know, and it's obviously a little bit of a stretch, you know, a three versus an 11-year-old. So I want to ask, because clearly, you know, his job is more than just to make breakfast and he's not, you know, sleeping until 4 p.m. every day. But, you know, to this new law that's written down. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately. So, at what age do you become accountable for your actions? If you yeah, because I think eleven two is, yo- is too young. I know, and I was watching that too, but I was trying to figure out, okay, well, what is this guy supposed to do? Is it an age? And, and I like your your answer, and you're trying to hold me to a number. Because unfortunately, while there is a lot of gray in this, from a law standpoint, it has to be black and white in order to be enforced, right? One hundred percent. You need a number. And here's the thing, is the, the number for an adult is 18. But the problem is these school shooters are less younger. than 18. And so all of a sudden I say 18, well, that doesn't fix any of the problem. So now all of a sudden I say something that's less than 18. Okay, well, what's the difference between 11 and 12? If I say 12, it's not like for some, it's the exact same. Okay, well, let's say 15. Well, what's the difference between 11 and 14 or 14 and 15? So the problem is I'm going to have to write a number. And guys, this is this is how laws are written. Oh, and, and that's what frustrates me. Left, right, middle, where the hell you it's are on the spectrum. complicated. Guys, at a lot higher higher level than what you and I are talking about over beers, these are the, t- if you're going to press me for a number. I'm thinking middle school or less. So whatever your middle school, like whatever your 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 high school starts. So I think some some is nine, some is 10, which is normally 13, 14, I think, right? What's freshman year? 13? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I would say your high school, because I think high, depending 14. on the state, some high schools do ninth grade. Like here, ninth grade is high school. In California, I think high school is 10th grade starting. So I think high school. So high school, as soon as you are in high school and you're making any type of threats, I think you are you are a young adult. You are becoming an adult, and you now have to be able to understand that threats can indict. So you want minors, young adults, and adults? Those are kind of the classifications, I guess, from crimes. Oh, I see what you're saying. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, I think they're still minors, but you know what's funny is that I think in Florida, I think it's considered a felony because what they don't want is these type of people being able to go and purchase a firearm, right? mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, but becoming a felon just... I know. One uh, time messing up when you're th- 11 years golly. old. I know. I don't like that either. I don't like it either. See, this is the problem, guys, and this is why you know more laws sometimes don't they create other problems. Because I understand the intent. Oh, well, I clearly don't want him to purchase a firearm. Cody, do you know what stupid shit you did and said and acted on when you were freaking 11, 18? Like, come on. So many dumb stuff. Should so something you stuff. did when you were 11 really shape you, your life? I know. And Good or bad? And I think maybe... There's an esponging process there when you turn 18. If you have any, any any stupid things, you can actually, you know, get those removed. But I totally agree, man. I totally agree because imagine a female stating that and then they start dating somebody in college and that person turns out to be a stalker. And all of a sudden they have something that they said to another girlfriend that, you know, cheated or, you know, whatever. And she said, hey, I'm going to kill you over text or something like that. Don't ever talk to my boyfriend again. And all of a sudden, boom. Of course, she didn't mean that when she was, you know, 15. She goes and dates somebody in college, starts getting stalked by somebody. Guy starts showing up at his doorstep. That girl should be able to protect herself from a crazy lunatic boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And and you're not allowing her to. Yeah. So th- th- these are the situations that, unfortunately, people are put in. And I get you. I get you, man. I don't, I don't want to put an age to it. But it I, it's I think hard. It's, but I, High school, I feel like, is, is where I would want to do it. And I think there's maybe a... Uh, a process to receive your rights back maybe of some sort. Okay. And then what about, you know, these little savants that are, you know, 10 years old, eight years old that are able to advance to ninth and 10th grade. If, you, if you're, if you're smart enough, then you should be also smart enough not to make stupid yeah. jokes. Yeah. That's where I'm kind of, I'm going to go, yeah. you know? No, I, I get it. And hey, I think you answered a lot faster than I would have yeah. in my head. As I was asking that I was, I was anticipating high school. So I was just going to say 13. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it sucks. Okay, so one thing we didn't mention, and I wanted to bring this up because this, this is part of some of the solutions that are out there that people have been um, advocating for. Where do most of these people receive their firearms from? Their parents. Unscrewed. A parent. Friends. A, a close family member. Yep. Yeah. An uncle, a, a grandmother, or a grandfather. It's usually a, a parent or... I think 64, 68 percent, something like that. Yeah. A close relative. And uh, that's. I'm, I'm just wondering, like, is that. Is that the issue or is it that that child would get a firearm no matter what? So, you know, I was thinking that, right? Especially whenever I, I think it's 64, 68% is what we're talking about, guys. Would that just reduce it automatically? And what you're saying is if we make it a little bit 
harder for them to get. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to combine a couple, couple stats here. So of course, you know, the first being that 68% is, is from a a friend, a family member, parent, whatever it may be. Right. I also want to combine it with that 93% told someone about it, told someone that they were going to do that. Okay. So the reason why I'm combining that is because the fact that you told someone that you're going to do that tells me right there that it's premeditated. Tells me that you're thinking about it. So now if I'm able to make you take one more step, what make it that much more inconvenient for you to execute on this plan, I think we can have a, a dramatic decrease. If I make it that much harder for you, I, I'm not saying ban guns. I'm not saying anything yeah. like that. What I'm saying is I want to make it as hard as I freaking legally can to the constitution, make it difficult for 17 year old Cody or Jared to get a firearm. So to answer your question, yes, I do think we would see a drastic decrease. And the reason why I can support, I can say that is because I'm supporting it through the data is that these are premeditated attacks. I mean, so uh, real quick, maybe I'm missing the okay. line of logic, but does premeditate, doesn't premeditated mean that you are going to go above and beyond to do it? So I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong in my definition of premeditated. I just thought you, you kind of thought about the action before you actually did it. And that, okay. So, and so I'm thinking like, man, if, so, okay, I'm, I'm pissed, I'm pissed, I'm pissed. And if it's easy to obtain a firearm, now I can just almost kind of act on this. Like, all right, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it tomorrow. Towards if now I add another barrier, another step, another way for you to have to think through and really consciously come to the conclusion of the action that you're about to take. Maybe I'm wrong. There. Yeah, no. So let me walk you through what I was thinking because, again, clearly we're not criminal justice people here. Nope. And we, we don't interview you know serial killers, unfortunately, I guess. Um, unfortunately, I don't want to say, really, or I don't fortunately, be, I, don't I don't know. Do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be depressed for the rest of my life. Um, well, I was thinking premeditated means that you have a plan mm-hmm. and you're going to follow step by step until you follow through with a plan where if it was not premeditated, any little barrier that gets in the way will go ahead and stop you from doing it. So, oh, I, uh, grandma talked to me at the front door. Okay, you know what? She, she, I don't even know where the gun is in the house. Uh, I, 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 you know, my dad's going to be home. I'm scared. Premeditated is like, okay, I know my father keeps a firearm. I got to figure out his lock combo. Like, I feel like premeditated would be more likely to get a firearm no matter what versus the person that's not premeditated. They would just, so I was thinking the exact opposite somehow. You know, that's funny. I, I see your, I see your point. And uh, actually, I'm, I don't I'm know cur- which I'm one's right or wrong. The there. Yeah. In my head, I feel like, because whenever you're thinking through something, everything is so much easier in your head. Like, oh, I'm going to do step one. Yeah. And then step one is actually going to naturally lead to step two. And step three is clearly going to be this shooting. Because which one do we provide a worse sentence for? Premeditated murder? Premeditated. That's the worst one. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you deliberately thought through the sick shit that you were going to do. Exactly. So yeah. it must be, we determined that one to be less emotional driven. And I would say that because we think that's less emotional, you're just going above and beyond to act out the murder. Yeah. Um, you know, from a letter of law, I guess you have me. Maybe. To, to use First law, dead to rights, right? <laughs> but. Um, I don't know. In, in my head, I was viewing it as, because in your head, as you're mapping out, as you're premeditating, as you're thinking through this, you know, this horrible act. It's easy in your head. But if I add that step into 
acquire the weapon is that much harder for you. You think that'll stop them? That's maybe I'm flawed, guys. Maybe I am. Yeah. But no, I get you. I do understand where you're coming from, but I'm thinking goal, which is horrible. Yep. Literally, that is a goal for a mass murderer, which is horrible. I understand why you're using the word goal. Though. Yeah. Like that's their plan. Okay. Now, step one, step two, step three, step four. And then I want to tell somebody. What kind of crazy person tells somebody? 90 something percent of people. 93. Tell, 93% of people tell someone their plan. Like, I guess I'm just in a whole different world. I'm out. I would. I must be emotionally driven as a person. I, I don't tell people my plans for anything. You know? Outside of my tight circle, no one knows shit what I'm up to. <laughs> like, like, I could take a different way to work. I'm not telling no one. I, I think it's just weird. Like, who's telling somebody something so criminal? Um, okay. So, access. What are you thinking about access? So, you're saying that access will help resolve this. What were you thinking with this? Because I did see that this is the number one advocated... Um, Number one advocated uh, proposal on the table is enact and enforce secure firearm <laughs> laws. Did you see that? I did. Um, you know, the really, really right people are going to be really pissed at me. And the left people are going to really like you? or eh, They're probably going to just be annoyed with me because I'm still, you know, for the right to bear arms. But I view this no different. Hey, I'm going to allow you to buy that Porsche 911. Buy it. Here, give me 100 grand. I'll give you a Porsche 911. Okay. If I have the money. and Yeah, of course. But I'm still going to make you follow the speed limit signs. Right? So I still want you to be able to procure firearms. But I'm going to mandate that you lock that shit up. Okay. In your house. Yeah, and some states have this. I don't know if listeners know this. Some states already have uh, mandated secure firearm storage. Um, and what I found, I found like a diagram. But I, do you see how like the really, really right people like, oh, you're trying to tell me what to do with my gun? Yeah, and that's probably because I would say like the people on the right and, and more constitutional people will say, well, guys, there's nothing in the Constitution about your vehicle or being able to drive. There is something in there called the Second Amendment, Right. Was a vehicle even a thing in 1776? Exactly. <laughs> Come on, guys. But I'm saying that's where you know they would be coming. It's like, hey, there's a reason. There, that's the number two amendment is because they said it was that important to make sure that that doesn't get infringed. They don't care about your horses. They don't care about your carriages. They don't care about any of that other stuff. They do care about your your firearm not being infringed. So here, just to give you an idea, uh, how some states and what the proposed legislation would be. And I don't know if you saw this, but this is a really great diagram. They would say, hey, let's say you have a pistol or a handgun of some sort. <clears throat> you would uh, unload it, meaning that there is unchambered, meaning that there's no no bullets or, or rounds in the entire firearm. You would remove the magazine entirely. You would lock it in a uh, case of some sort and then store it, the firearm uh, by itself within a case and then f store the magazine when rounds in a separate uh, container. These are like lock boxes. So that's what they were proposing. That, that would be a best case scenario. So I'm not asking you to disclose anything or myself. Yeah. And I don't have the stat in here because I didn't know the conversation was going to be here, but what would you say? 
Excuse me, guys. For the people that do own firearms here in this country, legally, of course, what would you say the number one reason is for owning a firearm? Self-protection. Self-protection. Uh, sure. Likely. In my head, damn. I was going for home defense. The same thing. I, I would say same thing, but yeah. I guess a little bit more specific home yeah. defense. Yeah. yeah. That's that, what I was thinking in my head, just so you know. But okay. yeah. Does that <sighs> inhibit me from... This is the issue. I, I mean, dude. Someone breaks in my house. <laughs> Your heart... You only thought you've had a strong heartbeat, I'm sure. If someone's actively breaking into your house. And this is where, and it's not me personally that I'm putting myself kind of in the shoes. I am putting myself in the shoes of a 33-year-old single mom that lives in a not-so-nice neighborhood because, unfortunately, you're single and you're a mom and you don't have the hugest wage. You have two children that are three and eight years old that are going to elementary school. And unfortunately, home invasions are more common than probably a lot of people that are advocating for these rights, right? Home invasions are common because you're in an inner city. You're in, you know, a, a not so nice neighborhood. And the people that a lot of times put themselves in the shoes are in a suburb, are in a nice neighborhood. They don't have home invasions. And I put myself in the shoes of a home invasion intruder like that. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, when you're at, you know, I don't know, they're not, they're chatting at the mailbox with their neighbor and they say, oh yeah, did you hear about Vicky or whoever? Yeah, her home, they had somebody, you know, burglarize it in the middle of the night, two nights ago. And you're thinking, as a single mom with two boys at home or a little girl at home, oh my God, well, if I hear my glass shatter in the middle of the night, if I hear my doorknob throbbing, would you want that barrier in between you and saving your children's lives or your own life. Like, I, I, that's where I'm like, I get a little kind of like leery about having laws that require that. Not for me, but for people that are in really, really see, shitty situations that that happens nightly to. So I agree. Okay. With every word you just said. But you know where my actual real rub is on that? Mm. How are you going to enforce that? Dude, it's weird. I thought about this too. So they do, I think a state does have this on the books. I don't know which state it was. I think it might have been D.C. If a shooting occurs with your firearm, your child steals it, and they find out that that firearm was not safely secured, if you didn't have the proper equipment, you can also be charged. I would think that's reasonable. That's that's how, they're, that's how they plan to... Um, yeah, if it, unless it was reported stolen or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So essentially, let's say let's say I have an eighteen, let's say I have a nineteen year old, just turned, you know, just graduated high school. I have a nineteen year old, adult, mm-hmm. in my house. I don't know if they're going to go to college. I don't know if they're going to go to a job. This is an average family, right? And that kid decides to steal one of my firearms. Am I now held responsible for his actions? Because that doesn't happen with any other laws. Because at 19, very likely that he would know the, the gun safe combo. Mm-hmm. Or he could steal it. Or he could figure it out. Let's be honest. Most people's four digits are going to be something that's... Anniversary, similar. birthday, Yeah, they're going to be something four. similar to a family. <clears throat> so here's one of the weird things. 
you're now, this is a very weird wall, is that you're starting to hold somebody else. And I think Michigan tried to do this, where they tried to hold the parents accountable for their child. And that's where it gets a little leery. Like, that doesn't happen in other spots, right? Well, maybe th- maybe this is, again, and I, I do just try to go to the extremes because, you know, this is how laws are created, right? You have to kind of think through this stuff. Lillian, who's what, two and a half? Two and three months. Yeah, whatever. She is a, a very small toddler. Little teeny tiny person. What is the law? Like, heaven forbid. Let's say you have a kiddie pool and, and Lillian drowns. Are, are you guys, like, held liable for, like, negligence or anything? Yeah. Child so, endangerment. So where is the difference? I guess since it's child endangerment since the individual is 19? Or I guess when does the parents... Oh, yeah. Well, I guess 19 for sure. Okay, yeah. So I guess when do the parents stop becoming liable to parent? It's weird because... It has to be before it has to be sixteen because as soon as I give my child a car, if they get in a car crash, and we've already die. went over the the whole adult age and yeah. yeah, like as soon as they get a car, they start driving around, they die because oh, I'm not negligent for that. So clearly, it's not eighteen. Yep. So it's not sixteen. It's probably before that because uh, I think a lot of kids probably around fourteen, fifteen start going to the movies with their friends. Well, they could walk out in the middle of the street. It was my choice to drop them off at the movie theater. Yeah. So you kind of get into a weird line, but the pool thing is interesting. That, that's actually a great example. Um, because if I, you're right, if I left Lillian here all by herself, yeah, because I'm going on vacation, yep. that's child endangerment. That's that's negligence. Like that's clearly child abuse. When does child abuse end? Dude, th- this is why this is hard, man. So hard. Um, let me walk you through a couple other examples. So one of them is, is I think you already mentioned, um, you know, in, enacting and enforcing secure firearm storage. <sighs> Pros and cons, of course. Pro, you probably do reduce access to firearms for some children that are um, premeditated and things like that. Great. But the major con there is that you also are going to increase the amount of, unfortunately, home invasion uh, probably domestic abuse yeah. uh, uh, challenges with families that use their firearm for home protection. Um, so now you have a situation where I, I think home protection, this is like tens of thousands of occurrences a year um, to offset, you know, a couple, I'm not just trying to say a couple, maybe 10 to 20 of these mass shootings that happen to occur at, at school shootings. So it's one of those things I, I'm not trying to make the numbers pan out because they don't pan out. No matter what, there's evil, unfortunately. But it's one of those ones that's like, okay, I don't know which one's better. Um, <clears throat> you could also, this is this is what I think a lot of people advocate for. And I, I really did for a while until I started thinking through some of the situations. They call it uh, extreme risk laws. <clears throat> Uh, also considered red flag orders or uh, restraining orders based on intentions. And so this is where, hey, me and Jared, we've been friends for a long time. He makes a comment that I feel is a little off-putting or my child makes a comment that is off-putting. I can go ahead and make a call into 911 
and say, hey, you know what? So-and-so, person's name, they are my sibling, they're my brother, they're my best friend, they're my mother, they're my father, whoever it is. <sighs> they said something unsettling. Uh, I think I think this. I need to put them on the list. And so the police will come over to their home, remove all firearms from the house, or if there are any, put them on a list that will uh, not allow them to buy any firearms until the period is uh, done, usually lasting about one year. And that's what would be considered like a red flag law. Also, doctors would be able to do this. School teachers would be able to do this. Uh, usually like attorneys would be able to do this. Uh, so people around you that have influence would be able to add you to this list. What do you think about that law? It has merit. It, there's reasoning for I it. I see it. <clears throat> right? <clears throat> here's where I get a little weird one on this. Here, here's my... Who, who is the closest person that another person will get to without being their children? Who is the closest? Yeah. Spouse? Yeah, there we go. Thank yeah. you. It shouldn't be. The, I, I, I thought it was like rhetorical. I'm, I'm trying spouse. to, I didn't know if it was deeper. Okay. Spouse. Okay. Well, before spouse, you are girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of girlfriend, boyfriends that have abusive relationships? Yep. Okay. So do you think there would be a lot of maybe girlfriend, boyfriends possibly putting the other into a circumstance like this? Yep. Abusively. Yep. Hmm. And so. You see the manipulation aspect. Exactly. Of Especially now knowing that they now have firearms or whatever, I can take advantage of that person. I unfortunately I take the evil and in, in, in most of these cases, this is the male. Like males just do this and they're like, hey, I'm gonna go ahead and go make my make my girlfriend that doesn't want to date me anymore go through this situation. And and that's I, I'm like, we're just enabling almost a bad behavior. And that's the con. The pros are of course up there. They're there, but but in order to, you know, properly behind the law, I'm sorry, get behind the law. I know. It has to be both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anything else? What do you about, what do you think about the school endorsed? And you, you know, you kind of didn't finish your sentence about uh, what Brittany has done on uh, school security. School security. So one thing that I think is lacking, and this is one of the solutions, it's an unfortunate number eight out of 10, but implement expert endorsed school security upgrades uh, like entry control and locks from inside the classroom. I didn't know this. How weird is that? I know. You can't lock a door from the inside? Fucking bizarre. What the hell? Bizarre. What's the reason in there? Yes, lock the inside. That's the easiest thing you can fix. So anyways... So <laughs> she actually wouldn't give me anything because she didn't want to uh, kind of taint my view and taint my perspective and, and uh, discuss it. So she's going to listen and curious to see where she comes at up. But uh, I'm sorry, before, before we get into, like, I guess, proposed solutions, do you have anything else? No, I, I wanted to get to that answer. I just wanted to see what you okay. thought about that because you didn't really complete your sentence with Brittany. But. Yeah, yeah, I just or, wanted to say that she all she did is give me a freaking teaser that, yeah, she had to account for this from an architecture standpoint. Are you going to tell me? Uh, she wouldn't tell me. No, no, no. Your opinion. Do you think that oh. would be a good idea? Oh, of course. Duh. Yeah. Like, why would, Why is that even like It's not a no-brainer. A, like, okay, how about this? Where does most schools, where do, where do school districts get their money from? Tax. 
taxpayers? Property tax. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, taxpayers. Yeah. But, but in Arizona, oh, okay, gotcha. it's property taxes. Yep. Okay, so we both have property. We both pay Arizona property taxes. If the school said, hey, guys, we're going to invest in school security systems that increase, you know, blah, 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 all these things. We're going to do new door locks. We're going to increase the property tax by 0.01% to pay for all of this in our district. Done. It gets passed tomorrow. 99%. And that's millions of dollars, guys. And that's, that's not red. That's not blue. That's passed tomorrow. Bingo. What's, what's the issue here? I'm trying to figure out, like, why would that just not, like, every single homeowner, children or not, would say, yeah, no problem. Like, what is it, $20 million? That raises so much money. What's the so issue? why isn't happening? That's a weird one, right? Okay. So, anyways, yeah. I wanted to get on my little tangent there. Um, okay, solutions. That was Honestly, that's one of mine. One yeah, of my yeah. solutions is raise a little bit of property tax to pay for the security solutions. I think that fixes it. Yeah, so for me is, uh, you know, very similar to, it's almost like, you know, banks and credit unions, silent alarms. You know, you need to arm, you know, the administrative staff, the teachers, et cetera, with a little button underneath their, underneath their desk or whatever it may be to not, to, to still attempt to like deescalate the situation. If you have like an irate student that, you know, is threatening to start shooting people and, you know, shows a gun, silent alarm, I think that's a no brainer. When a, a mass shooter like actually is in the school, yeah, because right now they probably have to like make an announcement. Like, remember doing lockdowns? Yeah, yeah, and, and to where you couldn't give it to like it's the all clear or something like that. So right now, I think, and we didn't go through this, but right now schools, ever since the Columbine incident, do lockdowns where they essentially kind of like shut down, shut off the lights. Everybody gets into one of the corners of the classroom, and you're quiet for twenty minutes, basically, and. That's really the extent. But, you know, I've never been in the active shooter situation, but I bet it takes probably a while for that person to make that announcement. Because you're right. There's not really a silent alarm. No. So I think silent alarm to hopefully, you know, get the, the police yeah. respond. You know, here's one another thing that else, and this will be a little bit more costly than yours. Just because I'm going to, I pressed you for a number earlier, so I'm sure you're going to press me for a number. And I don't know if this exists. I, I literally thought of this driving on the way over here. I think a mandate, because, you know, in order to build a school, it needs to pass, you know, city and all that bullshit, right? I think in the same law or the same proposal, whatever you want to call it, that awards a new school, I think needs to award a new police station. I think within X miles and by X, I said I'm going to go as far as five miles a police station needs to be near school within five miles. I would say X amount of schools. Cause unfortunately there's like a lot of elementary schools you can't have like, you know, let's just say Chandler. There's probably like 30 schools in Chandler. Mm -hmm. I don't think we need 30 police stations. That's what I said within five miles. I mean, it can hit multiple schools. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought you just meant like one per five. Mile. No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm saying, okay. yeah. you, I mean, heck, we got, we got freaking like three, Three elementary schools in our old neighborhood, man. Exactly. So one police station would take There's care of those. two in this so neighborhood. Yeah. As long as you pass that little threshold, hey, oh, yeah. I want to open up Willis Elementary or Jones Elementary. Yep, if I'm within five miles, good. Yeah, and so, increased police presence, of course, decreases crime and also... What increases response time. Response time, too. Yeah. 
So um, I, like I, I think there needs to be a mandate as far as how far can I be away as a school administrator? How far can I be away from a priest? Uh, I like it. Um, my that's, two, that's my big one. Yeah. My two, a little bit different. I love that we're coming up with different ones here. I like the increased security. I think, hey, you know what? Figure out how to increase the tax base. I think this is almost a zero conflict. I, I think it's like literally 90% of the electoral will just say yes. Like, I think most people are going to be all right with paying a little bit more taxes. Now, guys, I'm not saying absurd. Like, we don't need to be, you know, bent over on this, to be honest. Like, it just needs to be, hey, what are smart solutions? Right? Access control doors, security fencing. We're not trying to make these things prisons. You know, they're schools. But what we are trying to do is make it hard. Just like we make banks hard to get into. Right? Um, So, that's one that's already been kind of starting to move through. I think Arizona, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of our schools have an exterior defense. Yeah. We added all those after a couple of shootings. Uh, Florida mandated that after their Parkland shooting. One of mine is I have one that I don't think is controversial. And then one that is slightly controversial. Let's hit it. Um, the one that is not controversial. One thing that I think is interesting is that we have a very large vet population that struggles to find a purpose or a job after getting out of the military. Okay. And I'm thinking, why don't we do a state-sponsored, like, school officer program for the vets in each individual state? Where it almost is like, hey, you know what? We're going to retrain you. We're going to take your skills that you've already you know, learned, perhaps. Go through training. You're going to become a police officer, but you're going to be stationed at uh, a, a school. Exactly. So... <clears throat> offer a, a good wage job to somebody that, you know, probably needs it and also needs a purpose. And the cool thing is, is when you have a purpose like that, that is such a rewarding job that you're protecting, you know, 2,000, 3,000 students at your local, you know, high school or whatever it is. Um, and, and I think, I think that's a really great job, especially even like maybe even older vets that want to have a retiree job. Um, I think that's a pretty good solution that I don't think there would be too much pushback on on either side where people say, you know what? Yeah, yeah, we need to make sure our vets are getting taken care of. This is a great job. It has benefits. It's a state-funded job. Good. We're good with allocating tax dollars to it. And there's also a uh, a population of people that want a job like this. What do you think about that one? So are they a member of the police force or are they a school faculty? No, I think they're going to be a member of the police force, but they're not going to be... Let's say they're a sworn officer. Yes, but I don't think they're going to be... Like, they can't be moved into another position, perhaps. So are you concerned with, you know, militarized police, police in the schools, et cetera? Mm-mm. No, I, and I think they're going, to be, they're going to be shown up as a normal officer. I'm just... I'm not trying to give the police departments additional funding for additional police. Uh, it's essentially going to the school to fund to their local police department for an officer or two officers. Unfortunately, this is just kind of a dollars trying to make it work kind of thing. I get on board with this. It's not It's not crazy, I don't think. Um, and, all, and all I'm trying to do is make sure that we're taking people that are already... Because you're taking vets who are just naturally disciplined people. Exactly. And of course, you know, trying to add a little discipline, stability to the school population. Yeah. I get on board with that. Yeah. I, I, I don't see... I don't see the left or the right getting pissed about that one. Yeah. I think it's, hey, you know what? Vets need jobs just like anybody else. Yep. And more likely, they're already going to have uh, some of the training perhaps already done. So 
it's not going to be extremely expensive to retrain or you know move them into this in this role, right? I like that. I think the dollars kind of make sense, and also you're offering somebody that can do the job. Uh, the second one, more controversial, and I don't know why it is. I I, I kind of know why it is, of course, but I'm wondering why uh, school teachers cannot carry firearms. So if they decide to, if they want to, if, hey, hell, I don't know. I'm sure there was a couple of maybe teachers that were in the military, were police officers at one point, uh, were trained properly. If you have one of those type of people in your school, why are they not allowed to freely carry a firearm at school? So I know this is often talked about. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's where it can be a problem because as we talked about outliers of students, I would say there's outliers of teachers. I know. As there is every profession. I know. And can you imagine the teacher that opens fires? I know. On their students? Absolutely horrible. But. <clears throat> I know. They I know. don't do that I, currently. I, I, I know. And they're more, and they're probably have more access to firearms than students do. They do. Right, so let's say just statistically, I don't know if it's zero, but it's pretty dang close to zero. There have been zero teacher-led mass shootings at schools. I, I think, I don't know if it's zero exactly, but let's say it's pretty dang close to zero. That person is not right now currently, does not currently have access to doing that. Mm-hmm. So there's not like there is a issue that's occurring. I'm only going to try to absolve the students of being able to do it. So I want to ask you a couple questions. Yeah, mitigate it. Politically speaking, where do teachers use high school and below teachers usually lie? I believe teachers, professors, people in the education system are probably about 70% Democrats. Politically speaking, what party usually has guns? And would want to carry guns. Well, yeah. Most of Republicans are probably more gun people, right? Do we have a teacher shortage? We do, yeah. Do you think this solution would promote or demote the teacher shortage as far as endorsing firearm carry in a heavily Democrat profession? Oh, you think teachers... I I think that would literally be, oh my gosh, now they're just going to have the military be teaching you see see what i'm saying so you think um okay so i actually didn't i think that could be a bad second order effect so i actually i guess i didn't think that the teachers that were carrying firearms it would be a known factor oh so you haven't like concealed in their desks no just be concealed like it's concealed carry is concealed whether it's on them it probably would be have to be required to be on them. I don't think I don't think I would allow as a administrator to the allow them to have it in their desk. I think that's too much of a liability. So I would say that it has to be physically on them, just like a police officer. Right? Police officers can't set their belt down on a on a cafeteria table. Um, so I think it would have to be concealed on them. Um, <clears throat> and I think some charter schools already do this. This is not like it's foreign. I think even New Mexico passed a law where this is allowed. I think Florida passed a law where this is allowed. Um, so it's not foreign. It's not like it's out of this world. New Mexico, Florida, completely different 
policies. Just so you guys know, New Mexico, very Democrat. Florida, a little more Republican. So the only reason I look at this, and, and it's interesting that you say this, so you think that, oh, that school has a bunch of people that carry firearms there, so I'm not going to get a job there. Mm-hmm. Well, that is interesting that you said that because what else would not probably happen there? School shootings? Yeah. Because you know what doesn't happen is like TSA. You don't see any school shootings ever at airports. Why? One side again. It, it, TSA, like airports. Yep. W- what do you not see ever at airports usually? Guns get through security. Yeah, but you don't ever see shootings there really. Yeah. Right? There's, there's no fucking guns. <laughs> yeah, there's no guns. But also like there's a lot of people there with guns. So I'm just, I, and again, guys, I know it's controversial, but I just don't know the... If somebody is trained and is able to do it, I don't know if it's bad or not. I, I Again, this is me asking a question to not only you, but also the public. <sighs> I feel like there's pros. There are some cons, but I just don't know if it's if it's better or not. I guess what I'm just worried about, and I'd be curious to look at, you know, the New Mexico's and Florida's of the world to see if they're experiencing more or less shortages in something like, you know, Vermont or California. So I'd be curious to look at that yeah. data. yeah. I'd be curious to see, is this just a matter of fact of having a firearm on your person or is this actually a subsequent certification that would be expected by the school board? Because just because someone has a gun doesn't mean that they're safe with it, A. B, know how to operate it effectively, right? So. No, no, no. I think there would probably have to be a certification process, of, of course, just like. It has to be. Yeah. <clears throat> I just. I don't like, you know, I saw some signs like no no gun zone at elementary schools. And I'm like, man, that is such like a, uh, it almost sends a message like, hey, you're not going to have a problem here. You're not going to have a problem here if you're a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how about this? This is how I, and we're going to finish up here. I know we're a little over time here, guys. I don't think any normal citizen in America would put that sign in their front door. We leave our door unlocked. This is a gun-free home. See, that's that. See, in any of our listeners that would say, yeah, I would do that. That's not there. You're lying to yourself. And either that, or you live in such a privileged neighborhood. There it is. That you don't realize <laughs> how unprivileged some people have it because of 80% of households would never put that on their doorstep because they would be so afraid of home invasion. And, but we do that at schools. That's where I'm kind of getting a little, like I'm trying to figure out how do we get rid of that little sign gun free school? Cause that's that school almost is like creating almost like, Oh, we're not gonna, see your heads up. Right. Okay. Dude, we went through a lot of stuff here. <laughs> uh, you good? Hopefully this wasn't as doom and gloom as, as Cody and I anticipated this being. Um, we didn't try to just make this statistic heavy. We really tried to, the, to bring it home a little bit and to figure out how we can better do our part. And, of course, we do that by voting. Heck, so, I even said I'd give more money away to fix this problem. Like, I, like we don't talk about giving more in taxes often. Never. So, like, this issue is something that we <laughs> clearly... I think it's a problem. And I think we have a a shared opinion amongst many. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, looking forward to connecting here on social media. You know, as you can know, uh, as you know, please follow us at six pack discussions. We love interacting with our listeners. We love understanding what's resonating, where are Cody and I off the rails and more importantly, what are we not talking about? Love it. See you guys.